Hello and welcome to the Church of Christ from Chowchilla, Chowchilla Church of Christ podcast. Today we have the topic and subject of biblical sound doctrine. What does the Bible say? And before we get into that topic this morning, we want to have prayer with each one of you out there in the audience. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much giving us another opportunity, giving us the opening, and giving us, Father, your will, your way, your word. All of these are what you want us to follow so that we can understand, we can know, and have the wisdom that teaches us sound doctrine. Guide our hearts, direct our steps. As we open your book, we humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. We hope that you have your copy of God's Word. If you do not, by way of tablet, phone, whatever device you may be using, or just your Bible itself, would you be so kind to open that Bible of yours to the scripture of Romans chapter 16 and verse 16. Romans chapter 16 and verse 16. The Apostle Paul is writing to the churches of Christ more than 2,000 years ago, and here's what he writes. Salute one another with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Therefore, we have book, chapter, and verse for what we have identified not on our own, but by the writing that's in this verse, the writing that's in this text, given by God through Jesus Christ, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we are to be labeled, called, and identified in the name of the church as the church of Christ. Now, that is the church in the Bible, and that is what the Bible says. In this series of lessons, as we talk about what does the Bible say, we want to always give book, chapter, and verse. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? listening audience, because the Bible within its own context says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 21, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Whenever anyone, myself, yourself, or anyone you are listening to, a teacher, a preacher, a minister, an elder, a deacon, or anyone is talking about or teaching or telling you something from the Bible, they need to be able to prove it. While we know that, as a matter of fact, if someone asks you and I today, what is two plus two? Everybody knows, or at least they should know, if they are of age, it equals four. That is the mathematical standard that has been proven and tested to be valid. It is authoritative, it is approved, and it is accepted. Well, the Bible is God's word. It is authoritative. It has been approved, and it has been accepted. Right now, we want to go directly into our lesson What does the Bible say? We're talking about biblical sound doctrine. Now, biblical sound doctrine has to do with what does the Bible say? The churches of Christ are headed and ruled by Jesus Christ, and he is the head of the body, the church, 
who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence or the superiority. Colossians 1 verse 18. Approximately 520 years B.C., that is before Christ, Zechariah, the prophet, prophesies the ruling of Christ. He writes, and speak unto him, saying, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, behold, the man whose name is the branch. And he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest upon his throne, and he and the council of peace shall be between them both. Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. The churches of Christ are commanded by Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. The churches of Christ are taught of God to come to Jesus. No man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard and has learned of the father comes unto me. John 6 verse 44 and 45. Because Christ has all authority in heaven and earth found in Matthew 28 verse 18, all things that the churches of Christ do in word or deed must be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name means by his authority. In the word means whatever we teach and indeed means whatever we practice. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. The churches of Christ follow and obey the words of Jesus Christ and the apostles as the only teaching. We have no man-made creeds. We have no so-called doctrines of man. We don't have any traditions. And the Bible says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2, verse 20. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers, Acts 2, 42. Now, some teaching and some teachers and members are going to fall away. We know that the Bible predicts that. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and beginning at verse number 1, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart or abandon from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. You see, God knew and he gave that to Christ. He passed it on to the Holy Spirit. The apostle Paul wrote it that some people would leave the one faith, which is found written in Ephesians 4 and verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Therefore, Paul describes how that would happen. He said people would be paying attention to seductive spirits. The word spirits there means teaching, doctrines of devils. It means teaching and testimonies, traditions, things that man would say that are right, but the Bible does not prove them to be such. They would speak lies and hypocrisy. They would say one thing and do another. Their consciences would be seared with hot irons, meaning that they would have their minds made up that they're going to do things their way rather than God's way. Some would even forbid to marry. 
saying marriage is wrong, that shacking, living together, having relationships of various sorts are okay. The Bible condemns all of that. Therefore, some would fall away under these kinds of deceptions. But not only that, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10, the apostle Paul writes to the church of Christ at Galatia, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert or change the gospel of Christ. Paul writes, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men of God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not to please ourselves. We are not to please our families. We are not to please our friends. And certainly we do not want to please our enemies. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and doesn't consent to sound words, remember what we're talking about. What does the Bible say? The Bible says within itself, if anyone, that would be me, you, or anyone listening, teaches a different doctrine, a different teaching, a different rule than what the Bible says, and doesn't consent or go along with the sound words of the Bible, those words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to be and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is conceited, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with arguments, disputes, word battles from which come envy, strife, insulting, evil suspicions, constant friction of people of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. Who suppose that godliness is a means of gain? Paul says to those Christians, withdraw yourselves from people that do such things. That quote comes directly out of the World English Bible. Once again, that scripture is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. But not only that, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5, I solemnly call on you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge those who are living and those who are dead, I do this because Christ Jesus will come to rule the world. Be ready to spread the word whether or not the time is right. In the King James translation, Paul says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, whether people like it or not. Point out errors, warn people and encourage them. Be very patient when you teach. A time will come when people will not listen to accurate teachings. We told you. Instead, they will follow their own desires. We told you that. And surround themselves with teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. We told you that also. People will refuse to listen to the truth and turn to myths and listen to them. But you must keep a clear head in everything. Endure suffering. Do the work of the ministry, of the evangelism. Devote yourself completely to the work of God. This is what Paul told the young evangelist Timothy so that he would know what he was to follow. And then the next scripture in the Bible, what it says in Acts 20, verses 27 to 31, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Spirit 
has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Paul tells those elders at Miletum at Ephesus, for I know this, that after my leaving shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among yourselves will come men who will give wrong teachings, turning away disciples after them. So keep watch, having in mind that for three years without resting, I was teaching every one of you day and night with weeping. The Bible clearly says, ladies and gentlemen, listening audience, and all of us, we should know that the Bible over and over again, it tells us, it teaches us, it declares that there is only one way, Jeremiah 32, verse 39. And it also teaches us that people thus far, what we've covered, will turn, will leave, will abandon that one way. Here's the next scripture. The Bible says in Romans 16, verse 17 and 18, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. English Standard Version. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 to 3, in the past, there were false prophets among God's people. It is the same now. You will have some false teachers in your group. They will teach things that are wrong. Ideas will cause people to be lost. And they will teach in a way that will be hard for you to see that they are wrong. That's called deception. They will even refuse to follow the master who bought them their freedom. And so they will quickly be destroyed themselves. Many people will follow them. Isn't that interesting? The majority, ladies and gentlemen, is not always right. Many people will follow them in the morality of wrong things they do. And because of them, others will say bad things about the only way of truth that is followed. Easy to read version. Again, the Bible says in 2 John verses 9 through 11, whosoever transgresses and goes onward and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. What a emphasized, powerful, straightforward statement written by the Apostle John. John said it for you, he said it for me, and he said it from God. If you and I don't stay in the healthy, sound doctrine of Christ, the Bible says, not me, the Bible says we do not have God. Then he turns around and says that whoever stays or abides or remains in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If someone comes unto you and does not bring this doctrine, he says, do not receive him in your house, neither bid him or bid him God's speed, for he that bids him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Interesting how the Bible brings that out. I want to give that from a modern translation from the reading of God's word translation. Here it is, 2 John uh, verses 9 through 11. It only has one chapter. Everyone who doesn't continue to teach what Christ taught doesn't have God. The person who continues to teach what Christ taught has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and doesn't bring these teachings, don't take him into your house or your home or even greet him. Whoever greets him shares the evil things he's doing. Once again, what a powerful scripture. The Bible also says what to do to bring fallen members back to Christ. The Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 1 and 2, Brothers and sisters, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. In the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. 
The Bible says in Jude verse three, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, notice man minister, not woman, man minister. Let him do it with the ability as God gives that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, we know the word minister from the Greek language is the word diakonos. Here in 1 Peter 4.11, though that word is used, it's referring to men ministering. And we know all people in the church minister, but when it comes to the preaching ministry, the pastoring ministry, that's what Peter is referring to. The biblical practice of worship in the churches of Christ, the churches of Christ has a biblical pattern. Worship is to glorify, magnify, and to praise God. To God, only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Romans 16, 27. Worship is to be done with the like-mindedness and with one mind and with one mouth to glorify God. Now, the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Jesus Christ, that she may be one mind with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Worship is to be done through true and by true worshipers in spirit and in truth. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such or is looking for such to worship him. To worship God in spirit means to worship Jesus to God by his words. John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. To worship God in truth also means to, by his word. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Your truth, your word is truth. Worship also, ladies and gentlemen, is led by faithful men only. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard. You've heard from me, Timothy. Pass those on to faithful men, a near masculine male persons who will be able to teach others also. Second Timothy chapter two, verses one and two. The apostle Paul wrote to the church of Christ in the city of Corinth. These words be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. First Corinthians 11 and verse one. Worship was not ever, ever led by any women. No pun intended women. We love you. We know God does the same. And you do have functions. You do have a place. You do have roles and you can do many things. But every place in the Bible, in the New Testament, when worship is being held and had and honoring God, the men are leading, the elders are leading, the deacons are leading, the preachers are leading, the pastors are leading. It is all the men leading. And women of God were in subjection and were in silent behavior as they followed. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. First Timothy chapter two, verses 11 and 12, easy read version. A woman should learn while listening quietly and being completely willing to obey God's word. A woman must learn in silence in keeping her position 
English Standard Version. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness, 1 Timothy 2.12, modern King James Version. But I do not allow a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, but to be in silence. King James, 1 Timothy 2, verses 11 and 12. You see, ladies and gentlemen, even though women can do many things, why? In Romans 16 and verses 1 and 2, Paul commends this sister, this woman named Phoebe. And he says, I'm giving you the recommendation that you assist her in whatever business she has need of you in the Lord. For she has helped me, many, and myself, and she can be a help to you also. Women in the Church of Christ were participating in worship and using their spiritual gifts at one time of which the nine gifts had been given to the Corinthian congregation for men and women. But confusion arose. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 15 to 31. And when the three spiritual gifts, which were prophesying, fell, and tongue speaking, which were different languages, stopped, and the giving of supernatural knowledge without going to school had all stopped and ended. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. In the same context of scripture, those three gifts were replaced in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, by faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. In correct biblical context, when the Apostle Paul wrote, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3, 28, he was speaking about relationship in Christ, not our worship, and certainly not leadership. Therefore, in Christ, we are raceless, we are classless, and we are sexless. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, but we want to also note that worship is to have singing with the spiritual understanding. Paul writes, what is it then? I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. In the first century, from Matthew to Revelation, there are no instrumental music instrumental music instruments being played of any sort. They were done away with by God's own direction when he gave the information to Amos. In Amos chapter 5, verse 21 to 23, God said, take away from me the new moons, the Sabbaths, the feast days, and the sound of your violins, the sound of your instruments. I don't want to hear them anymore. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, God says, here's what I want to hear. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and here's where the melody is made in your heart, in your mind. Last but not least, worship is to have the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, which is Sunday. Acts 20, verse 7. Worship is to have the preaching and the teaching of the sound doctrine. And sound means healthy, strong, true, and correct. We hope that we said some things that were certainly beneficial, advantageous, certainly and absolutely biblical about sound doctrine. The Churches of Christ, once again, we follow the sound, true doctrine, what the Bible teaches. And that is why we label this program, What Does the Bible Say? We invite you to join us in worship uh, tomorrow. Our Bible study begins at 9 o'clock a.m. for all ages. Our worship begins at 10 o'clock a.m. And we are located at 701 Trinity Avenue, Chowchilla, California, 93610. If you would like to call us, you may do so at 
523-1973. That, once again, is 559-223-1973. You can request a copy of this lesson. You can ask any Bible questions. We will give you Bible answers. And our email address is all lowercase, chowchilla, church of Christ, at gmail.com. We always like to close with telling you that if you're not a Christian, you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You're willing to change your mind and confess that Jesus will be Lord of your life. We will see to it, if not here, there, wherever you are, if you contact us, that we will assist you with being baptized to get your life changed. Or if you need to come and rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, we welcome that also. With that being said, we're going to close out in prayer. Lord, we thank you again that you blessed us to have this time together to go over what does the Bible say concerning the church, concerning the worship, concerning the message of the Messiah and how we ought to do things according to what you said. Guide our hearts again. We pray that some of us, if not all of us, many of us were touched by these things that maybe we already knew, maybe we didn't know, perhaps maybe we want to know. Be with us now. Change our lives. Change our hearts while the time is still here, but yet we're in the last days. We ask these favors and blessings in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. sings my soul, my Savior God to thee.